And Hashem brought an eastern strong wind the entire night that caused the water to part and tzitzach love and seemingly we know that Kriyas Yamsuf was not something natural, rather was a wondrous miracle, completely supernatural. Therefore, why did there have to be this eastern wind the entire night that was almost as if some kind of natural eastern wind? But seemingly the whole miracle was completely supernatural. There didn't have to be any natural props like this eastern Ruach Kodem the strong eastern wind. And in order to understand this, we have to preface what we learned in the previous Mimer, the idea that Atsilus is called Adam. Atsilus, the world of Atsilus, is called Adam al Shem on the name of Adam and I will resemble the Most High. That Atsilus resembles not only Adam Kadman, but we learned in the Mimer that Atsilus is also not just Yeshmain, not just a completely new entity, but an emanation from the Kav itself. As we learned that after Tzimtzum, there are two distinct type of emanations from God, an infinite revelation of Sev of Kol Almin, but then there's also the Kav, which is a revelation of finitude, and the Gabe, that Atzilus, is Gile Helim, is a revelation of that. But we have to understand that seemingly, if we're learning that Chochmav Atzilus vis-a-vis the Kav is Adam Elyon, is... Chochma and the spheres of Atzilus resemble somehow the Kav because the Kav is finite, but seemingly we know the Kav is a ray, is a string of light from Atzmas or Insof Lifnei from Hashem's infinite light Mamish, and as we're going to learn that the Or Me'ein Hamor, that light is like, is of the luminary, so seeming, meaning that it's a revelation Mamish of Hashem. So if the Kav is a ray from that light, and the ten spheres come from that kav. Doesn't that by definition mean that somehow Atsilus is com- comparable to Orinsef Mamsha before Tzimtzum? And that's indeed what this mimer and the coming two or three mamarma is going to come to explain. We want to show what the Rebbe Shab is coming to show over here. Not like we left off in the previous mimer that Atzilus is only a Damele Elyon, is only comparable to the Kav, but even an Orin Sof before Tzimtzum in Hashem's infinite light Mamish. Which the next couple of mamarm are coming to explain the idea of Arin Sof, that within Arin Sof there's a Shoirish, there's a root to finitude, and therefore Atsilus is Mamish one with Hashem, because Atsilus, what this, these mamarm are going to show, is that since Atsilus is a Damila Elyon, is comparable, resembles the Most High to the Kav, and the Kav is a ray of life from Arin Sof, so what comes out is that Atsilus is the Abishter. These four mamarm are coming to explain that Elion, the Most High, is God Himself and that the finite revelations that the Kabbalah speak about have a root in Orin Sof before Tzimtzum as this Mimer and the next couple of Mamar are going to explain. And as we learned in last Mimer, later on, much later in the Hemzach, we're going to get to, but that's all in Orin Sof. In Atzmus, in God's essence, in the Helama Atzmi, that you have to be an Evid Poshet, you have to be on a simple level. But getting back to this Mimer, so we're learning that the, therefore we understand that Atzilus is a Damala Elyon, resembles Mamish the Kav. And the Kav we know is a Kav from Oren Sof before Tzimtzum, which are, like the Eitz Chaim, the Arizal says that the high level of the Kav is touching, is Negea, is touching Oren Sof Mamish. 
And even though the Kav had to come after Tzimtzum, Hashem had to do a Siluk and remove conceal as infinite light to bring about a Kav, but we know what Chassidus explains, that the Indian of the Kav being brought back into the Halal is the idea of Chazer Veheir, an opposite Tenua, an opposite movement of the Tzimtzum. The Tzimtzum was a Siluk, was a complete removal or concealment of Hashem's infinite light, like a teacher that has to conceal the, his level of intellect for the student to be able to receive something. But then the Chazer Veheir, when Hashem brings the Kav, is then afterwards the teacher brings to the student some kind of an idea that the student should be able to understand that's what the Kav is, that Chazer Veheir, that Hashem brought his light back. Because the revelation of the Kav comes from the Kiruv of Orin Sof. It's the, the Hashem's infinite light is now coming closer by way of a Kav coming into the world. And so we have to understand how the ten spheres of Atsilus Mamish are, even in some deep way, connected to the Sherish, to the root of the Kav and Ernsef before Tzimtzum. And Gamzach Lav and Bikra Inyan and Bechlal, we have to understand what does it mean that in Ernsef before Tzimtzum there are two distinct types of Hamshachas. One that's Ainsof, that's infinite, and one that's Bemidavigvul, one that's finite. Seemingly in Ainsof before Tzimtzum, this is Hashem's infinite infinite revelation. But these mamarm, these next four mamarm is going to show that in Mamish Hashem's infinite revelation, there's already a source for there, for there to be the infinite and for there to be the finite. Mamish within in Hashem's infinite light, that's what these mamarm are going to show. Achainyan, who in the way we're going to learn it is based on what it says in the Zoyer and then the Tikkunei Zoyer, that it says as follows, that or in Sofu Lamailat in Ketzu in Tachlis, that or in Sof, that Hashem's infinite a light is above to no end and below to no finish. We don't have, it's not understood. How could one say above and below in or in sof? In a true infinity, there's no above and below. And if, if instead it wants to say how Arin Sof is mamish everywhere, that Arin Sof is found everywhere, it should instead should say how Arin Sof is everywhere, it should say better, there's no place devoid of Arin Sof, that Arin Sof isn't every place. Because you want to say that Arin Sof is so infinite that it's everywhere. But why would you say that within Arin Sof there's the Milo Lamata? Ella, as we're going to learn, that that means that within Arin Sof already, before it's symptom, there's already a source for these two ways of being, of Gvul and Bligvul, the finite and the infinite, as we're going to learn. Vainian, who, in order to understand what it means that in Arin Sof there's this root of finitude of Kav, and the finite in the world in order by understanding these two ways of being in Oren Sof. So in this mimer of Vayoylech, the Rebbe Rashab is going to prove the doctrine of Oren Sof based on the Arizal, how the Alter Rebbe explains the Arizal that there's a concept called all Oren Sof. The next mimer, Zois Chukas, he's going to explain the idea of Or, what it means, the idea of Or. The mimer Kimcha, he's going to then show how Oren Sof is mamish included with God's, God's infinite essence. And then the mimer after that of Adam Kiakravis wants to show that the root of inf- the infinite and the finite mamish come is situated within Hashem's infinite essence and thereby we can understand how all the details of reality mamish come out from within Hashem. 
But the way he does it in this mimer, he first prefaces by showing how do we know there's such a thing called Orin Sof, this infinite light of God. To preface it, we have to do Agdama by first explaining what does it mean when we use the words Ein Sof. Because when we say ain't sof, usually it seems to sound like we're talking about Hashem. But the question that's famously asked in the Kabbalistic books is that if we're talking about Hashem, why would we use the words ain't sof? the no end, the non-ending, why won't we say what seems to be a bigger chiddush, a more novel thing to say, ain't chila, the one that has no beginning. Because there are many things that are going to exist in this world eternally by the will of God, but... But they all have a beginning. They all started by God. And the only thing that God seemingly is different than everything else in the world is that that He has no beginning because His essence is from His, his being is from His essence and He has no reason outside of Himself. All other beings that exist are brought, brought something from nothing from Hashem. So why would we say why do we use the words and not no beginning to refer to Hashem? If we wanted to speak about God's essence, it would always make sense more to say Ein Tchilas. Therefore, we understand that the Kabbalistic books say Ein Sof. There seems to be some other level that's also called Ein Sof, and to the extent that that's why there were some original early Kabbalists that called Keser that they understood that Keser is not one of the ten spheres and is instead Keser itself, meaning God's will, is called Ein Sof to the extent that the Ramak, now the Ramak is Ramesha Cordoveros, the Rebbe of the Arizal, and the Ramak's famous Sefer, Pardis Rimonim, has a whole chapter called Shar Im Ha'ein Sofua Keser, a gate whether Keser is called Ein Sof, because the Ramak is coming to argue with these early Kabbalists that saw Keser itself as being able to be called Ein Sof. For as the Ramak explains their opinion, everyone agrees that Kesser is greater than all the other spheres. All the other spheres are completely something new, nothing to something. All the other spheres are something completely new. But Kesser is not Mechudesh. Kesser is not something new. Those Kabbalists understood that when it says in Pirkei Derebeliezer, which, as we're going to learn later on, is also a source that Hasidus brings for the concept of that there's Orin Sof, that there's something that existed before creation. Because Chazal say in before the world anything was created, he existed with his name. And so those early Kabbalists understood that that, that existed before that before anything else was created, is Keser. And Keser is called Ein Sof that existed before anything was created. Now, obviously, we know there's Aristotle and Plato and many philosophers see the world as being primordial, the world as being as 
primal as God. They describe the world coming from God like the shadow coming from a tree. That even though, of course, the tree causes the shadow, but there's never a time that the, and the tree is not voluntarily causing a shadow. And so there's a heretical view that sees the world as coming from God in such a way. So obviously the Kabbalists didn't see when they discussed the Keser, the divine will, as being Obviously, it's Hashem willing there to be, causing there to be this original will, this original Keser, which is why it makes sense, according to these Kabbalists, that it's not called Ein Tchila, that Ein Sof is this level of Keser that does come from God, but now this will, this Ratzon, that these early Kabbalistic systems are based on, that this Ratzon, this Keser, has a Tchila, has a cause, has comes from Hashem, but now is already called Ein Sof and is higher than the Ten Spheres. The Ramak very forcefully argues on these Kabbalists in Paradis Ramonim, and he brings proof that no, Keser is one of the Ten Spheres, and Keser is new, is Mechudish, is a new entity. There's nothing that's not new. Everything is created something from nothing, including Keser. The only thing that's not new is Atmos, is Hashem's essence. And so we have this debate between the early Kabbalists and the Ramak of whether Keser is one of the Ten Spheres. The Arizal, who again was a student of the Ramach, the Arizal in Eitzchayim makes a hachra, makes a combination of these two shitas and says as follows, that Keser is an intermediary that has both of these aspects. There's what's called within Keser, the Pneumius, the inwardness of Keser, is Bechina Tachtoyna the lowest aspect of the emanator, and because of that, Atik, the inwardness of Keser, could be called Ein Sof. And the external aspect of Keser, of Arch Anpin, the Sherish, the root of all emanated things, that is part of the Ten Spheres. That's the Arizal. So the Arizal is saying that, on one hand, the Ramak is right, that Keser itself is one of the Ten Spheres, it's not Ein Sof, but the Keser has within it the Ein Sof. But as the Rebbe Shab Gam Dvarv Tzrichim Bir, we have to understand what does the Arizal mean? What does this mean? How could one say that it has an aspect of Ein Sof? If the Keser has an aspect of Ein Sof, Ein Sof is Mahusav Atzmus, is the essence of being of Hashem. And also, how can one say there's Bechina Tachtoinot Shebein Sof, there's this lowest aspect of Ein Sof? So, Again, one of the main ideas of this mamarm is that the Rebbe Rashab wants to prove the doctrine of the Alter Rebbe based on the writings of the Arizal is that there's a concept called Orein Sof, the infinite light of God, in which the Tzimtzum was. The early Kabbalists held that there's God, there's Atmos, who also made a Keser, a primordial will, which is also called Ein Sof, and creation and all of our relationship with Hashem is just with this Keser, this will called Keser. That was these early systems of Kabbalah. The Ramak 
vociferously very much argued and said, no, of course, Kesser is also just one of the ten spheres. Only God's essence could be called the Ein Sof. And then the Arizal came and said that there's a lowest level of Ein Sof, which is the inwardness of Kesser, Atik, and the external part of Ein Sof, of, uh, I'm sorry, the external part of Kesser is one of the ten spheres. But as the Rebbe Shab, what does that mean that there's an aspect of Ein Sof within Kesser and that there could be a higher or the lower part in Ein Sof, Chas V'Shalom, in Atzmus Mamish, in God's essence, one can't say upper and lower. Rather, we're going to see from here that this is one of the one of the many sources in the Arizal that there's an aspect, there is something called Orein Sof. Orein Sof. But before we get there, the Rebbe Shab says that just like there's a Machlekes between these early Kabbalists and they're a Mach, whether Kesser is one of the ten spheres, there's also the, the well, There's another debate. What does Ein Sof mean? What when we say Ein Sof? The Ramak holds that Ein Sof is only Atzma Sabayre. That Taka you could only call the very essence of God could be called Ein Sof. But those other Kabbalists, the Ramami Panu, etc., that's coming to explain. Those early Kabbalists, they say that even the Kesser could be called Ein Sof, that God's essence is even higher from being called Ein Sof, but the Kesser could be called Ein Sof. And again, we have from the Arizal, again, a hachra, a combination, that on one end, the Arizal is saying that Kesser has Bechina Tachtoyne Shebe Ein Sof, as if to say, Malchus Shebe Malchus of Ein Sof, that Ein Sof has a very low level of Ein Sof that's enclosed within Kesser. Which obviously means that according to the Arizal, Ein Sof isn't, God forbid, the Atzmos of the Bairi, the very essence of the Creator, because Mahusev Atzmus Mamish and God's essence and being has shown to say upper and lower. But we also understand from the Arizal that Ein Sof is not the same thing, is not synonymous with the early Kabbalists were calling the Rots on the Kesser. The Arizal is saying that the Ein Sof is this aspect that's much higher from being a Kesser, because Kesser is still some kind of form. Kesser is still some kind of aspect. It's still a thing. It's a will that these early Kabbalists were saying that God has this will, this Kesser, that could be called Ein Sof, and that's where creation comes from. But the Ramak, Ramesha Kardavera, refused to say that Ein Sof could be referred to anything other than Atzmos, than God's very essence. And so that, therefore the Arizal, the Arizal and the Alt Reb explains that therefore what Ein Sof really is going to refer to is Or Ein Sof. So there comes out that there are these really these three shitas of the early Kabbalists, the Ramak, and then the Alt Rebbe based in the Arizal. Now it's important just to point out before we continue with the Mimer, it's important to remember that when it comes to Kabbalistic ideas, especially as explained in Hasidus, it's the opposite of the way it is in Nigla, which is that as generations go on, there's more of a revelation. More secrets are revealed as the generations went on. So there are mock already had a Gilui HaAtzmos, had a revelation of God's essence more than the early Kabbalists, and then the Arizal had even more of a revelation, and then Hasidus had more of a revelation. So, But all these three shittas are coming to explain what could be called, what is Keser? Is it just uh, a, one of the ten spheres? So the Kabbalists held its mamsh called Ein Sof, and the Alter Rebbe comes and says, no, there's something called Or Ein Sof before its symptom, which is much higher than Keser. But to understand what are these three shittas to understand, understand them well, and even more to understand what brought about 
that there are these three shitas. Then the Rebbe Shab says, Vayinyan, who we have to understand one of the most important fundamental ideas in Chasidus, and that is the concept of Ani Havayalishanisi, that God says, I, God, have not changed, that there is no change whatsoever from the creation of the worlds. God is the same from before He created the world, after He created the world. And this idea that God does not change, God cannot change, no matter how many worlds are created. This idea, there are three ways of understanding how God cannot change, and that becomes the shitas, the these ideas of the Ramak, uh, of the early Kabbalists, and then the Ramak, and then the Alter Rebbe. So first, let's understand what does it mean when God says that I, God, have not changed. It means that God's relationship with the world is not like the relationship of the soul with the body. The soul vitalizes the body, and very often we compare the way God enclosed himself in the world with the way the soul vitalizes the body. But we know that the soul is behislapshus mamish. The soul mamish is enclosed within the garment of the body to the extent that whatever happens to the body has an effect on the soul. Even in the aspects of the soul, of the intellect and emotions are all completely affected by what happens to the limbs of the body, and they change based on what happens to the limbs of the body when a person gets older, when a person gets mature, and every soul is connected to a particular body. The very essence of a soul could only enliven one body at a time. Masha'enken, when God livens the world, atzmuse, God's essence is not, God forbid, enclosed and caught within the world. Hashem is not, Hashem's essence, atzmus, anihavaya, Hashem's essence is not caught and enclosed in the world like the soul within the body. Rather, what aspect of godliness is enclosing the world? It's bedvar, havaya shemaim, with the breath of God's mouth was heaven created and with the breath of his mouth all of the hosts that even though of course Hashem doesn't have a mouth but it's like a mushal it's like a mushal like when you speak when a person speaks words no matter how much you speak no matter how more, how many words you say the essence of your soul is not getting affected by that because when you speak speaking is an external revelation of the soul and so no matter how many words you speak to your friend, you're not losing, the soul doesn't lose anything by speaking, the soul doesn't get enclosed in the words that it's saying because speech is just an external glimmer from what the soul is and not at all the essence of the soul and so too, that's how God creates the worlds, that's why God doesn't change, because the vitality that becomes the energy that creates all the worlds is the divine speech that's Genesis chapter 1 God spoke 10 utterances and it's not at all coming from God God's essence rather from a very external revelation of what Hashem is, but Hashem's essence is not Bechlal within the parameters of worlds and is not at all comparable to being able to be enclosed in the worlds, which is what it means that we say about God's essence that Kodesh v'chula Hashem Tzvois that Hashem Tzvois, that God is Kodesh, is holy and Atzmas Einsof, the essence of God is holy and removed and not at all enclosed in worlds at all. It's rather only a speech that becomes enclosed in the worlds to create them and to vitalize them and therefore the worlds, unlike a body with the soul, the worlds cause no change whatsoever 
whatsoever in Hashem's essence because their creation is only coming from this external ray from God. But at Samusay, but God's essence is save of Kolam, and God's essence encompasses and transcends fully all the worlds. Like it says in the Pasuk, God says, I fill heaven and earth, I mamish. Hashem's essence fills heaven and earth in a way of complete transcendence and, and it's not, not that he's filling it like a soul fills a body it's that Hashem's essence God's very essence is everywhere always it's, but he's not enclosed within the world he's just found everywhere and so therefore we now understand that the way Hashem creates the world that God doesn't change by creating the world is is because God's infinite being is Lesa Sapanimene, there's no place void of him, but what actually contracts to become the worlds that we see, that's the divine speech. So they're a mock. The Ramak that holds that Ein Sof could only be called Atmos, only Atmos is Ein Sof, and the reason that God doesn't change is because that that vitalizes the world is only the Dibur, is only the divine speech, is only the teeny little ray. So now that we could understand this, we understand that the Ramak holds that God is everywhere, but not in a way that he's enclosed or caught in the world, but rather his essence, animole. God's essence is everywhere. There's no place devoid of Him. Because the reason is, He's not enclosed in the world. But the reason that God is everywhere is because He's a true Ein Sof. And now the Rebbe Shab is going to explain that according to the Ramah, refers to God means two separate things. Meaning that that, that the Ramak holds that God is everywhere is because he's a true Ein Sof. And Ein Sof has two meanings. When we call God's essence Atmos Ein Sof, Ein Sof means two things. Which in the language of Hasidus, these two things that Ein Sof are known as is Ein Sof Lehispashtusoy. There's no end to how much he spreads out, his extension, his manifestations, also known as Bleeg Vul. And the other one is that Ein Sof, that Ein by Inyan Vitoyer Prati, that he has no specific or any description whatsoever, and that's Bligeder. So the two definitions of Ein Sof are Bleeg Vul and Bligeder, infinite and without any form. And therefore, of course, there could be no change in God. And the worlds and everything that's created is only the little teeny ray called the speech. But these two inyanim of Ein Sof, the first one, Ein Sof Lispashtu, say the bleak vul, means that only Atmos is Amitas Noisa Inyan Dein Sof Lispashtu, say the Atmos that only God's essence carries this Inyan of having an infinite types of expressions. Not that God has any extension or expression. God's essence doesn't express or extend. We know philosophically, that anything that's an essence doesn't have an expression. An expression is the opposite of an essence of something. So God's essence, of course, the Ein Sof, doesn't have a hispashtus, but his noisah inyan of Ein Sof Hispashtus, he carries that inyan, meaning any other, all, all the levels that come out from Hashem, and that they also will become infinite, their ability to be infinite comes from Atmos, comes from God's essence. So Hashem carries the Indian of bleak vul, of total infinite extension, infinite expression. 
Vehabez and the other meaning of Ein Sof of Bli, that Ein Sof means that there's absolutely no description, any way of possibly giving a form or any way of explaining God at all. That Hashem can be described in any madrig, in any level, or even in the highest descriptions at all. Not even, you can't even call God finite or infinite. Even infinity is a description. And, and that's negating finitude. And one cannot negate from Atmos anything. The Hareyu Noises Akol, he carries everything. He carries, God's essence carries within him, and not carry literally, but the Inyan, the, the ability for everything is within him, as we're going to learn Mirz Hashem in the Maimar Kimcha, the Indian of Yechoilis, not Chalila, that God has things in him in potential. Potential is, is a type of existence when you have something in potential. God's essence, it's not in potential, it's a way what's called Yechoilis. God's essence, infinite ability, which we're going to learn more about in the Maimar Kimcha. But that's the second meaning of Ein Sof, Shlilas Kolatoyrim, the negation of any description, the negation of finitude, the negation of infinity, the negation of being able to say positive about God, the negation of being able to negate anything from God. Shlilas Achiv, Shlilas Ashlilum, He's negated from having any positive description and you also he's negated from being able to negate anything from him he has no description whatsoever and Mimela therefore he carries within him everything therefore he could manifest and be everything and that is only Shaykh and Atzmus Mamish in God's very essence from its Yusam Atzmusay that is his existence comes from his essence what does it mean that the Rambam means in Maranavuchim in the fifty seventh chapter that Mitsuyusimats Musa that his being his as his existence comes from his essence? It means that he's the Nimtsaha Miti Nimtsa. He has no particular way of existing. As the Rambam explains in Maranavuchim philosophically, everything has a way it exists. Even the highest levels of divine light, they have a certain way that they are manifesting, the highest levels. But Atzmus exists without existence. There's no particular way of existence. Every existence has a particular way it's existing. But Atmos is beyond that. He's Nimtzalebe Bechinas Metzias. Hashem is a... F- is just is without any way of type of being how He is. That's the second meaning of Ein Sof. And therefore, according to the Ramak, the creation of all beings, Ma'ayin Liyesh, from nothing to something, is going to be straight from Ein Sof, straight from Hashem, that because Hashem is beyond any description and a true infinity, Hashem brings about these finite light called the divine speech. The Alter Rebbe is going to say the Chiddush based on the Arizal that besides Ein Sof just being Atmos, there's the light that shines, that the ray that's revealed from Ein Sof known as Or Ein Sof. And as we're going to learn, and as the Alter explains in Tanya Nigeris HaKadosh chapter 20, that the Or Ein Sof has, because the Or Ein Sof is a revelation of everything that Ein Sof is, that's what Or Ein Sof means, it has all the powers that God has in it in this light, because this light is a reflection of Hashem. But definitely both according to the Alter Rebbe and the Ramak, what's being created, everything is being created, has to come straight from Seyv of Kolam and from a level of Hashem's infinity. 
to be able to bring into existence something from nothing, there has to be the koyach of infinity. It's not enough a contracted ray of light of mamalikul alman. It has to come b'koyach ha'ein sof. So according to the Ramak, it comes straight from God's essence. And according to the Alter Rebbe, it comes from the orin sof that shines from God's essence. But one thing for sure that the Ramak would refuse to ever say the name ein sof on anything that results from God, that comes out from God, that's drawn out from God. Only Atzmus Mamish, God's essence, is the Ein Sof Hamiti, is the true Ein Sof, with the two descriptions of having a true, infinite amount of possibility of manifestation and expression. And the second one, that there's no description, there's no way of describing whatsoever. But the early Kabbalists, they said that Keser is Ein Sof, that Hashem had a divine will, this Keser, and this will is now Ein Sof, and it's this will, this Ratzon, that then goes ahead and creates the worlds. The reason that the early Kabbalists understood that Ani Avalei that there's no change in God, that Hashem doesn't have to move it and change it all from a situation by creating the world, even though many worlds were created with many creations, and as we said, it has to be B'Koyach Ein Sof, to be able to create something from nothing, you need an infinite power. But the Kabbalists therefore understood that that's why all of creation is coming from Keser, from this divine will, because this Ratzin is also Ein Sof and therefore has the ability to create. Meaning, not like the Alter Rebbe that we're going to learn or Ein Sof hasn't it the power of Ein Sof, but not from itself. It's because it's the light of the Ein Sof, and Or Me'ein HaMa'or, light is of the luminary, it's like the luminary. So Or Ein Sof has the ability to create and bring about worlds because it's Bidveikus, because it's cleaving and connecting and a revelation of Hashem. The early Kabbalists, on the other hand, they understood that Atshalei Nivra Oilam Hayahu Shmei Bavad, that before the worlds was created, him and his name was by itself, that his name was his Ratzin, was his his will. The Kabbalists understood that God's will is Kadmon Kikad Musaizbarch, is as primal as God is, as the Avedis HaKadosh brings from Soydis Aramban, that Keser is Kadmon Kikad Musay, that Keser, that this will is as primal as God is, and therefore it has the power of Ein Sof. Now, obviously, Keser is an Olul, obviously, Keser comes from Atmos. So what does it mean that they're saying that it's Kadman Kikad Musa, that Keser is as primal as God is? Because Keser is the earliest way that God would manifest. And it was before there was the revelation of Atmos at the time of the Ramak, as we learned that in Kabbalah, Kabbalistic ideas get revealed later on. They understood that Hashem, when He naturally reveals Himself, Keser comes out. There was never a time that there wasn't Kesser. In other words, as soon as God wanted there to be a world, as soon as God wanted anything, as soon as there's Kesser, there's this infinite being of Kesser that then could create the world. And now Kesser, according to these early Kabbalists, Kesser in and of itself has the power of Ein Sof to create anything. But Rabbeinu Chidesh, the Alter Rebbe, revealed this new idea that when we say before the world was created him and his name were by itself that his name is the R is the R in Sof the light, the infinite light, and not in and of itself. It itself doesn't have the power of the Ein Sof it's because it's connected to the Ma'or, to the luminary, to God 
So the Kabbalists have this idea that the Kesser is Ein Sof and their Revach, what they get from this is therefore there's no change in God. Because since the Kabbalists are saying that God just admitted this will, this Ratzon, this Kesser, and this Kesser is as primal as God is, meaning that it's the ultimate main way that God manifests, as soon as God manifests this Kesser, because again, even the Ramak didn't know about Tzimtzum. It's important to point out the Arizal was the one that revealed Tzimtzum to the world. By the Ramak, he understood that only God could be called Ein Sof, but he didn't even know about Tzimtzum. As the generations went on, it was revealed more and more how beyond Hashem is to the world. But the early Kabbalists, they understood that the Kesser, this will, in of itself is Ein Sof, and it is the original Siba, it is the original cause of all other things that exist, and Hashem is the Sibas Kolas Sibas. Hashem is the cause of Keser, but Keser then goes on to create everything else. But the Ramak refused to, like we said before, the Ramak has a whole chapter of his book and refused to accept such a thing. And says that the question about how God doesn't change is not a question at all. As we learn that the Ramak holds that Hashem is in a way of save of Kolam and that Hashem transcends. Hashem is everywhere because Hashem is infinite. But not that Hashem has to go down, lower himself to bring about worlds. So there's no change in Hashem whatsoever. And the truth is that this way of the Ramak is a much more right, correct and paved way because it's impossible to say Rots and Kesser a primal Rutzen and Kesser that, that, that right away without any symptom right away there's a Rutzen there's this Kesser right away Chasvasham to say Kadmus to say primordial and anything except God's essence even Orin Sof before Tzimtzum which we're going to learn about in the next Mamorim, the lower levels of Arin Sof before Tzimtzum are, are new. Hashem has to bring about these lower levels of Arin Sof before Tzimtzum. How much more so when it comes to Keser, which is after Tzimtzum? And also because like we learned that Ein Sof means Poshet Betach Sapshitos, that Ein Sof means without any description, without any form, no thing whatsoever. You could say that about the light, the or, that it's a true Ein Sof, as we're going to learn Mitzvah in the next two Mamorim, because light is just a revelation of God. But Keser, the divine will, is a certain type of form. And Hashem is negated from having any type of form whatsoever. That's why He's called Kodesh, HaKodesh Baruch Hu, that there's no form at all. It can't be that as soon as God revealed Himself, Keser comes out, because Keser has some kind of form. So therefore, the Ramak is closer to Hasidus than the early Kabbalists. But yet, Yet even though the Ramak is of course correct that one cannot say Ein Sof about anything other than the essence and being of Hashem, but one cannot say at the same time, and this is the Alter Rebbe's Chiddush based on the Arizal's words, one can say that there's not another Metzius that's also called Ein Sof, meaning Or Ein Sof. One can say that the creation of the world was directly from God's essence without this infinite light in between. Because even though the Ramak is right that God doesn't enclose himself in the world, but God is still the source of the world. And any source, any time A is a source for B, 
A has to have some kind of change to be able to bring about B. Even if A remains encompassing and transcendent from B, if A is the source of B, it means that B came out from A and there was a time that A had B and didn't have B, didn't brought about B, then didn't have B, and then there was a will, there had to be a desire, that Hashem had to have a desire for A to bring about B. So all these changes within Ishtalshlis was within downchaining a world, so the Alter Rebbe, based on the Arizal, is going to explain that that's the Indian of Oren Sof, the infinite light of God, that's a revelation, a shine of God's essence. That there has to be, that there's this other level called Oren Sof, not like the Ramak. And the Rebbe Rashab brings a few other proofs that there's this level called Oren Sof before Tzimtzum, that it's not just God is Ein Sof, but that there's Oren Sof. First of all, we have from Chazal, from the Pikdur B'liezer, that before the world was created, there was him and his name by itself, meaning there was some kind of name, some kind of revelation before God created anything. There is a name of God that was existed before the world or anything else was created, and that's Oren Sof. And another proof is by the fact that the Eitz Chaim Darizal begins with the Indian of Tzimtzum. Tzimtzum means that God had to contract, to conceal his infinity. And of course, it's not possible to say an atzmus mamish on God's essence in Indian of Tzimtzum. So therefore must be that it's Orin Sof. That's where the Tzimtzum is, an Orin Sof. And a third proof is from the fact that it's brought in Svarim, meaning already from Rapsad Yegoyen and from the Marnavuchim, the Svarim will say that creation is ex nihilo, something from nothing. That's what the Rishonim or the philosophers already say, that creation is something from nothing. Now, how could you say something from nothing? Hashem, God isn't nothing. God is the ultimate something. So what does it mean, yesh me'ayin? Meaning that there has to be an ayin, a level of nothingness, that the source of the vitality of all worlds is called nothingness and insignificant, the gabe atmos. So orin sof which is an infinite light, is this I and this nothingness, the Gabi Mahusev Atzmuse, it's insignificant, and yet it's the source for all worlds to be created. And in fact, as Hasidus explains at length in other places, and the Rebbe Shab mentions here quickly also, that God's Atzmus, God's essence, is above being able to even be called Soiviv Kolalman, the way the Ramak wants to explain. Because Soiviv still means that you're at some level as Makif is surrounding the worlds, and Atzmus, God's essence, is beyond even being called being Soiviv. But rather, we understand, Chassidus explains, that there's another Bechina besides Atzmus, besides God's very essence, which is also called Ein Sof. And this Bechina is the source of all the worlds. At Sevev and Makif, it transcends all the worlds, and it's also Ayin Ve'efes, it's zero, completely insignificant, Legabe Atzmus, but it's not yet Keser or will, those are after Tzimtzum. Rather, it's Orin Sof, it's Hashem's infinite light that we're going to learn about, the Or Vigili Mina Atzmus, that God's essence revealed itself completely, a Ha'or Levad, one little ray, but an infinite ray called Orin Sof, and that's what the Tzimtzum was in. So creation doesn't come directly from Atzmus, but rather from the Or, from the light, which is also called Ein Sof, because it's Me'ena Mar, because it's of the luminary, as we're going to learn a lot more in the coming Mamorim.
And as we're going to learn that within the deepest level of this Orin Sof is within God's essence, Mamish, and is as primal as God is, as Kadman Kikad Musay, the very essence of this light, but it's not anything other than Hashem's essence, as we're going to learn, Mitzvah Hashem in the Maimur Ki Imcha. And I'll peek, all and I'll, based on all of this, we can now understand what the Pasuk says, Vayelech Sayam Baruch Kadim, that Hashem split the sea with an eastern wind that seemingly we asked why does God need the wind the whole splitting of the Red Sea was a miracle and the answer is because Yam the Abasha the ocean and the dry land both refer to concealment and revelation of God from the highest levels to the lowest levels the ocean the Yam are those levels that are concealed whether it's Atzilus or even higher than Atzilus Tzimtzum Arishan and Kriyas Yamsuf the splitting of the sea is to open up that revelation to to, to to open up what was concealed and to reveal to connect that silos to the lower worlds and to collect and to connect our insof down here below also, which was a preparation for the giving of the Torah. Why Chris Yamsov was the ultimate achana for Matan Torah because Torah is the gilui of Atzmosein Sof. Torah is what brings God's essence into the world, and the preparation for that was Chris Yamsov, and that's the Vayelech Avayasayam Baruch Kodim Bechinas Kadmoyne Shel Olam. This wind, Ruach Kodim, in a deeper way, doesn't mean an eastern wind, but a Ruach, the spirit, the wind of the Kadmoyne Shalaylam, the primal of the world, the one that came before anything else, which is Helam Atzmi of Ein Sof, God's very essence, Mamish, Ein Sof, Mamish. So the Ruach Kodim wasn't a natural preparation, but rather was the ultimate revelation of Kriyas Yamsuf. This Ruach was the ultimate revelation that's being revealed, Kadmoyne Shalaylam, the prime one that was before anything was created, meaning Hashem Mamish, meaning the essence of the light, the essence of Ein Sof, as it's Mamish, one with Atzmus, that's the Ruch Kadam. As we're going to learn that the very essence of our Sof is unified with the very essence of God, and that's the Ruach Kodim, which was the ultimate preparation for the giving of the Torah, because the giving of the Torah is the revelation of God's essence, which they experienced the preparation for in Kriyas Yamsuf, the Ruach Kadim, the spirit from Kadmoyne Shalaylam, from Atzmus Ein Sof Mam.